I got one thing to say. This is when the big dogs come out. Damn right. Okay? All right. Don't, you can't roll with the big dogs. Stay on the board. It's time. Live. Let's rock this place. Let's have some fun. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance tonight. Diagnosis, prognosis, osmosis. Say what? It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. The doctor is now in. Well, not exactly. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the Galactically Famous T.C. Martin Show. It is once again the West Central Florida Tag Team Partners, T.J. Reeves and Jason Powers, filling in for the doctor. But do not fret. Do not worry for multiple reasons, not the least of which, however you're finding us, however you're hearing us, etc., uh, Numchuck is on the case from the T.C. Martin uh, Show Studios. So Numchuck here with us. And the doctor will be joining us in about 20, 25, 30 minutes, whenever he gets done with his pregame meal, uh, his pregame massage, whatever else he needs, vocal vocal uh, uh, elixir needed for the game broadcast tonight for the Las Vegas Aces and the Atlanta Dream. So the doctor will be here on his own program in a little bit from the ATL, not far from where Jason and I are. Numchuck all the way out 2,500 miles to the west of where we are uh, here, uh, manning the fort, making sure that we sound as good as we could possibly sound. He'll weigh in from time to time, like with the bell, for example. He will also weigh in with a buzzer if he disagrees. And, of course, we will have plenty of this throughout the program. I always love the breaking news. We will have plenty of breaking news as well on the show. Brother Powers, Jason Powers, you find him at JPO Sports on social media, the host of the Powers on Sports podcast, uh, multiple different uh, shows, broadcast. I love his insight on all things, not just Tampa Bay Area stuff, but all things with sports. Brother Powers, how is Tuesday treating you to this moment? Not bad. I know we have breaking news out of the lovely little community of Henderson, Nevada. Uh, and it's not exactly good news. Breaking news sounder is up because the Little League World Series hopes and dreams of those 11 and 12 year olds from suburban Las Vegas over dashed as of this afternoon. Port, Pennsylvania exit visas for Henderson, Nevada, beaten by Nolansville, Tennessee. I actually had to look this up. First of all, uh, as we fill in here on the T.C. Martin Show, I am born and bred in the great state of Tennessee, the volunteer state, born in Memphis, lived uh, also in Chattanooga, lived in Cleveland, Tennessee, which is a northern kind of a suburb of Chattanooga, north of, of, uh, of Chattanooga, moved back to Memphis in college. So I got a whole lot of Tennessee in me, for whatever it's worth. And I did not know where Nolansville was until I looked. It's about 20 miles east of Nashville in the middle of the state. So much to the chagrin of Numchuck and everybody else in Vegas that had hopes and dreams that Henderson, Nevada, the West team, would somehow represent the United States in the Little League World Series finals. The dream is over. It is dash in the double elimination portion of the tournament. Nolansville has beaten them today uh and so you were telling me as well because i don't keep up with this and normally the doctor does terrible tuesdays and maybe i'm gonna have to do a terrible tuesday on the little League world series while we have breaking news you were telling me that chinese taipei are they yeah. going by chinese taipei now because sometimes they go by taiwan sometimes they go by chinese taipei 
Then they go back to Taiwan. Now are we back to Chinese Taipei on the scoreboard? It's the island right off of uh, China. But they have like a flame-throwing pitcher on Chinese Taipei that's like unhittable is what you were telling me. I saw a nugget where that where the with the pitcher for Chinese Taipei, the equivalency, obviously the mounds are different lengths for little league relative to major league and such. The equivalency he's throwing like 82 miles an hour at the little league level, which an equivalency on the major league level of distance is a hundred and seven mile an hour fastball Let's, at the World Series. Let's just say it gets up <laughs> in the southern phrase, it gets up on you in a hurry. Yes. Uh, if that is the case, whether you're the batter, the umpire, the catcher trying to catch that. Did you say 107 miles an hour? That's what I saw was the equivalent. How long is it going to take before there's an investigation that the Chinese Taipei pitcher is actually 17 years old pitching against the 11 and 12 year olds? Well, Can I get a ding what? on that one, Numchuk, on whether the Taipei pitcher has been age verified as of not as of, as of yet? Uh, with that. But in any event, uh, he threw the shutout right against uh, Tokyo, against Japan yesterday. Yeah. Taipei's moving along. So we'll uh, probably Nolan's- see him Sunday in the championship game. <laughs> you could very well. All right. So Nolansville, Tennessee was beaten by Seattle, Washington, another one of the Western teams yesterday. So this was an elimination, double elimination game, and they beat Henderson, Nevada earlier today, two to one this afternoon at the Little League World Series. Again, TJ Reeves and Jason Powers in. The doctor here in about 20 minutes. Lots of football in the program. We're going to talk uh, in New York uh, with one of our colleagues. I love her insight, Danielle McCartan, an hour from now from WFAN in New York. She's got more on the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Jets. Uh, She's a closet Jets fan as it is, but she's on the air. Aaron Rodgers slated to make his preseason debut against the New York Giants this weekend. So, Danielle, will have a lot about that. By the way, we have breaking news on top of breaking news on top of breaking news. Breaking news, for example, that the Hard Knocks episode on what was HBO and HBO Max, now just known as Max, not Mad Max, not Max Factor or any other famous Max. Uh, Max will have the Hard Knocks episode tonight, Jason Powers. And this is the episode from last week and last weekend with the Buccaneers training with the Jets midweek and then playing them. So we're interested in the Bay Area. They're interested in New York. It's a Rogers love fest, apparently, on this show. So we're interested in the latest episode tonight. Give me a little more on that. I want to know what are the odds, from a gambling perspective, that one TJ Reeves in the khakis is going to make a cameo (laughs) appearance from the game last Saturday night on the Hard Knocks camera. Generally speaking, the HBO NFL films crew was on the other sideline and unconfirmed that out of 15 cameras, 27 of them were trained on Aaron Rodgers, even though the game was going on. I don't know is the answer. I do bet I you make, make it. I do bet I you make, make a Where's Waldo background in my red Buccaneer polo and my khakis? I don't know if I'm going to be on Hard Knocks tonight on Max, but that's the episode tonight. And then obviously they have Two more to go, I believe it is. Is it one more or two more to go with the cutdown coming? They play the New York Giants this week, and then the cutdowns come, and then that's the end of the preseason show, yes? And there was some controversy last week with the Jets canceling the second practice. What were the – the the things around that nobody really knew you know Todd Bowles talked like he didn't know much and they just cut the court on practice number two yeah Robert Sala was not interested in a second padded practice so maybe we'll get some answers on hard knocks 
as to what happened. Fight, what happened. They had some fights with the Buccaneers. Yes, they did. Skirmishes and the practices. So Several we'll of them. All right. So while we're on the subject, there is breaking news out of our market once again, which is Baker Mayfield, who did not play in that preseason game last Saturday night in New York. He has been officially named QB1 as the starter for the Buccaneers. And that, Jason, is not an ultra surprise. It has been a competition. It was believed that Mayfield would eventually emerge as the experienced starter. But Todd Bowles made that official earlier this morning uh, after the Buccaneers uh, workout in Tampa. Buccaneers preparing to play the Baltimore Ravens. And here's the other thing. Not only is Mayfield named the starter, but Todd Bowles came out and said he's going to play in the first half and might play a good bit of the first half. What do you make of that? Because I'm going to morph this into a bigger discussion about playing your starters or not in preseason game number three. What do you make of that after Mayfield didn't play at all in preseason game number two? Well, I think the moment we saw and you were there, the moment you got to to New Jersey last, what was it, Friday night or whatever it was that you got there, and and we realized Baker Mayfield's not going to play Saturday. The biggest open secret in the league was he's going to be the starting quarterback as of Saturday when he didn't play in the game. So that was kind of... Why Todd Bowles waited till Tuesday to announce it, I don't know, but whatever. He uh but no, I mean, I'm the one I'm one to think you play your guys a little bit. I mean, none of the other guys have played on offense for the Buccaneers. Evans, Godwin. I think it's good to get a couple of drives. I don't know about playing a whole half, but I think you saw Sam Howell play last night. Yes. He played the whole half, played pretty well, actually. They did lose Terry McLaurin at the end of that first half. So there's that risk, obviously, of, of how much do you play. But I wouldn't mind seeing the Buccaneer guys play at least two or three drives, me personally. And again, uh, on the larger philosophy, like let's bring it to the Raiders. The Raiders played the Rams, and the Raiders starting offense with Garoppolo, now minus Josh Jacobs, right, because he's still holding out at the moment. Right. Gar- Garoppolo and the Raiders went right down the field and scored on the L.A. Rams in that preseason game yep. uh, going back to last weekend. And I believe they played the second series as well. For Josh McDaniels, most of the starters were still playing. Garoppolo still playing. Yep. So most of the teams around the NFL, I watched the Pittsburgh Buffalo game, and Mike Tomlin had Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, uh, his starting receivers yep. uh, out there, uh, starting offensive line for the most part for the first couple of series. Buffalo, the same thing with Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, their starters. By and large, most of the teams played their starters for at least part of the game, if not a good portion of the first half last week. But the real question, Jason, is what do you do with the third meaningless game? Where's the fine line on how much work you get versus injury risk when this one means nothing and it's the last preseason game before the regular season in a couple of weeks? Here's what I would say for a team like the Buccaneers, new offensive system, new offensive coordinator. You got a lot of new moving parts. I think it's good to play a little bit, maybe in this, because they haven't played. If they had played in the first two games as, together, I could, I can understand not playing them, but Baker Mayfield has not played with Evans and Godwin in the, in the offensive line yet in the, the preseason. The left side of the offensive line hasn't played together at all in the first two Buccaneer preseason games. Center, left guard, left tackle, and it's a new left tackle. They've moved Tristan Wirfs over there. How do you get any cohesion or team chemistry, right. which is what's your point, if they're not playing together? I'm with you. Like the Raiders, this is year two of McDaniel, so they know the offense. Jimmy G knows it pretty well. He's been in that system before. I don't think you're going to see the Raider guys play this week because they've played the last couple of weeks. So I think with the Buccaneers, 
They finally know who the quarterback is. I think you're going to see all the offensive linemen, all the receivers, the running backs all play a couple of series this third game because I think the Ravens won't play anybody. So maybe you have a little more leeway of it won't be good on good for the Buccaneers. It'll be the Buccaneers good against the backups for the Ravens most likely. So less likely that you have an injury. Mayfield doesn't get hit much. And I think it'll only be a couple series, three series max, I think. And interesting that Lamar Jackson did not play in the game last night. And if I'm correct, Lamar did, did not play in the first game either. Right. Will Does they suit him up or are they not going to play him at all in the preseason? That's another uh, question. And then I was looking at San Francisco, which obviously had a big season a year ago. You've got uh, both Trey Lance off a leg injury and Brock Purdy as the quarterbacks off an elbow injury. They both played in preseason game number two. He played his starters. He had Debo Samuel out there. He had starting offensive line out there, Kyle Shanahan. So they played they, them both in the second game. But the question becomes, does that mean they won't play very much, if at all, in the third game this weekend for the 49ers? I think Lance will play because I think they need to see as many snaps as they can sneak out of Trey Lance. I think Darnold and Lance are fighting for that number two job. Most think that Darnold's going to get the job to start with, but Lance will play a lot. Here's the another interesting question for the Buccaneers, and you you know this. Their third string guy it got hurt last week, and the Buccaneers haven't signed a third quarterback, so they've only right. got two quarterbacks on the roster for this week. So they have to play. Both guys have to play, yeah, to some degree, and we know I, Travis is going to play a lot. I, I don't quite understand what the thinking is behind that unless they believe that John Wolford will try to play the third quarterback who's been a no backup way. with the Rams, but he took a serious injury to his neck no at, way. At, in the third quarter of that game the other night. So uh, are they intending to go with Kyle Trask and have risk of injury in the second half of the game? Maybe. These are the uh, the things that you uh, toil over right now. Yeah, so, it paid. Yes, and if you're the head coach, what do you do? So I'm just looking here on the schedule. The 49ers and the Chargers play in San Francisco on Friday night, and I would be really curious, is Trey Lance going to play that whole... You're, you're under the belief he's going to play that whole first half, and do you put the starting offensive line at least out there for the first quarter, or you just throw him at uh, whomever from the Chargers with a second team offensive line, that's a that's a real question. It's a quandary for Kyle Shanahan. Here's a thing we've seen in the past with a guy like Bill Belichick. What did Tom Brady used to do in New England? He played in the fourth preseason game, Correct. fourth quarter. So Belichick's of the mindset, got different guys have different philosophies. They play their starters in the preseason for a bit of time. And if the guy's going to get hurt in the preseason game, is he not going to get hurt in the first real game? I mean, there are different philosophies around the league on how you handle that. Voice of Jason Powers, TJ Reeves with you. It's the TC Martin show for a Tuesday afternoon here on uh, on this. Um, and with the Raiders, let me yeah. drop, add a note on the Raiders. They've loved what they've seen out of Aiden O'Connell, their backup quarterback. Right. Rookie. He has played great from all indications. They really like what they have in this. This guy has been the backup. And God forbid something happens to Garoppolo. They're pretty confident this guy O'Connell could step in and play. And O'Connell is what the former Purdue quarterback Purdue, yes. that under Jeff Brom was was uh, very good. But again, I mean the the Raiders quarterback situation has been up in the air. It's been a mess. Remember they they basically told Derek Carr go home with like three weeks left in the season, uh, and now he's gone to New Orleans. And uh, Aiden O'Connell is wearing Derek Curry Derek Carr's, Derek Carr's number. number. And in and in <laughs> this case, Garoppolo, what's the over under on how many games before he's injured? So that's that's the concern because yeah. he's been hurt over and over again yep. uh, for the Raiders quarterback situation. And I was double checking here. We do have a couple of injury updates. Raiders, by the way, will play the Cowboys 
uh, in the preseason finale in Dallas. Uh, And that kind of leads us to a couple of injury update breaking items. So breaking news item that the Seattle Seahawks number one pick wide receiver uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jigba wrist injury. Here we go again with how do you weigh how long to play guys that need work or starters. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba injured in the first half of the Dallas preseason game on Saturday night with a wrist injury. He's actually going to have to have wrist surgery. It's not certain as to whether he'll be available week one, but it's not believed to be more than three weeks, two, three weeks before he would be ready. So there's a risk. And you mentioned Terry McLaurin, the wide receiver of the Commanders. More breaking news. It's not the worst news for the Commanders and their fans. McLaurin went out of that game with what they're saying is a toe injury. If it's the dreaded turf Turf toe, toe, that can be a nagging thing, Jason Powers, but they do not believe this is serious. He obviously won't play in the commander's third preseason game. McLaurin, their best wide receiver, they will hold him out for the game with the Bengals that's coming on Saturday night. But the belief is with the extra week in between before their regular season opener, McLaurin might, might be ready to go for week one. You saw his reaction when he went out of the game and he limped he towards the locker room. Yep. He was grimacing, foot injury. That's the dangerous thing. But again, it's football. You played this. You played this at the Division One level. This is the risk you take anytime that you're out there on the field, preseason, regular season. You do all these things. I mean, mark it down here on the TC, on the galactically famous TC Martin Show. Nubchuck, pay attention. Mark this down that coming up in week one, Week two, you're going to have no less than 10 injuries of the pulled hamstring, pulled groin, bad calf injury, whatever it is, soft tissue of the foot. Any, I mean, (laughs) there, there are going to be no less than 10 of those the first two weeks and prominent players left and right because they haven't been playing in the preseason and there's not the same physical contact in the training camp practices. And so what ends up happening is you go out there full speed. You're out there for 30 plays, 40 plays when you're used to playing seven, seven plays and you get a break. Now you play 30 or 40 and you hurt yourself. You hurt your hammy. You hurt your quad. You hurt your groin. You hurt your calf muscle. That's going to go on over and over and over again with prominent players, especially receivers, running backs, defensive backs, linebackers, guys that have to run all over the place. Quick twitch, quick twitch. Quick twitch, yeah, that's something I would never be accused of, quick or twitch. No quick (laughs) twitch for me, but get ready. Get ready that that's going to be happening all over the NFL. No doubt, man, and that's where the fine line of – again, I'm a proponent of you have to play your starters at some point in the preseason. It doesn't have to be for a half, but at least a quarter. you got to get all your guys – Again, that rip that that adrenaline of the of the lights being on in a stadium, as opposed to a joint practice between the whoever two teams or a Tuesday afternoon practice at your facility, it's not the same. You got to get that used to that adrenaline in your body when you're tired. When it's a ten play drive, twelve play drive, you got to get used to that fatigue of being tired in a game situation. No doubt about that. And again, uh, one less preseason game now on this on this circumstance, not four, but three, one more regular season game. And it is interesting how a lot of these teams will deal with it. Will the starters play a series, a quarter? In some cases, they're going to play a half of this game just to get ready and take two more weeks to rest up and then go play your regular season opener. And the interesting part is going to be for a team like the Raiders, the Cowboys, the Colts. 
What do you, when do the guys that are on the franchise tag that haven't signed that are trying to get a new deal, when does Josh Jacobs come back? Does he come back to give himself a week to 10 days to get ready? Or does he come back the weekend before week one, trying to stick it to the Raiders a little bit, knowing he's not going to play week one? There's been talk that Josh Jacobs might come back the week before the first game, maybe play. Those are the kind of guys you worry about with the soft tissue injuries, the guys that maybe haven't been training with the team like that as well. No doubt. And uh, Jonathan Taylor is the other guy right now in Indianapolis. Let's go into the how not to handle the disgruntled running back playbook. (laughs) Uh, Sincerely, Jim Ursay and the Colts. You got any clown music right about now, Numchuck? If you have any clown music, feel free to chime in with this on a terrible Tuesday. So out of the how not to handle the disgruntled running back playbook, the first thing would be that in general, the running backs are unhappy that they're not getting long-term deals. So if you, the owner, really care about Jonathan Taylor, who was the former number one pick, right? Or was he a second round, second round pick? pick. Second round pick, who's been outstanding most of the time in Indianapolis. Uh, if you're operating out of a handbook of how not to handle this, the first thing you would do is disparage running backs in general and how they're not worth a lot of money when Jonathan Taylor's in the last year of his deal. Uh, not a good, not a good idea. The next thing is that now they have been trying, I guess, to work out some type of long-term deal, probably a low-ball offer. They can't. Not, so now, so now, yeah, the franchise right, tag expired. The franchise tag expired. They're trying to figure out a long-term deal. So now they put the stink out there that Jonathan Taylor can seek a trade. I believe he's owed like $2 million yeah. this year or not even something like that. It's, $10 million. He's on, he's on the franchise. I think he's on the tag, isn't he? Okay, so we'll get, we got to double check on whatever that is on the final year of his deal. But even okay. if he's owed $10 million. But here's the thing, all right? Who wants to trade for this guy right now, especially if the Colts think they're going to get anything other than like a six-pack for this guy when most teams will sit back and say, what are you going to do? Are you going to cut him? Are you going to go ahead and cut him? Because then it doesn't cost us a draft pick, and then we can negotiate whatever deal we want ourselves if you cut him. So, I mean, if and their running game is part of what they need in Indianapolis. And and this is the best running back, and by all accounts, he's healthier than what he was last year. I believe he had the toe injury last year, Jonathan Taylor. This is how not to handle, because the other players in that locker room, they're watching this. They're observing this for their own contracts, their own extensions, uh, et cetera, with Jonathan Taylor. So they have put it out there that he can seek a trade. Well, what does that even really mean? And they they want a number one draft pick. They said they want a first draft pick. What planet are they on that they're going to get a number one for him right now when these teams are going to play chicken with them, Jason, on go ahead and cut him. We're not giving you a number one pick. Go ahead and cut him. Or maybe he sits out now because he's disgruntled, uh, et cetera, et cetera. uh, Jonathan Taylor has a combined 3,800 yards rushing in three years in the league. He ran for a league-high 1,800 yards in 2021, setting a Colts franchise record with 18 touchdowns in that season. But he has permission right now to seek the trade, um, and and that right now they have no long-term contract plans for Taylor, who's 24 years of age. Uh, he failed his pre-camp physical, according to sources, yeah. right now. Ankle and injury. So, They're talking about so, an ankle so injury. Who, who is going to give you a number one pick right now with everything we just laid out? While you're putting Nobody. it out there, he's available. Nobody. No one is. They'll be and, lucky to get like a conditional fifth-round pick for him right now. Uh, you agree? 
Yeah, no doubt. They're not going to. I don't think they're just going to give him away though, because I, I stand corrected. He's not on the franchise tag. He's in year four of his contract, right? Which whatever that pays a couple. I think million it's bucks. like two million. It's right. like two million, which is peanuts for a running back. Right. So, so you this, could give him a three. You could, if you're the Colts, you could give him a three or four year deal if you wanted to at, you know, 12, 13 million bucks um, is kind of the going rate of what these guys but want. They don't want to. They don't right. see the value. They see the injuries. Right. He has an ankle injury, he failed his physical. And they're going to be bad. They're going to be bad this year with Anthony Richardson. They don't have much offensive right. talent. He's their best player. And so, and so are you waiting if you're the Colts for somebody to have a serious injury at running back? And now somebody wants to give you something for Jason Taylor, but I am here to testify on the 22nd day of August, 2023. They are not getting a number one pick. In Indianapolis. They're not getting a number two pick in Indianapolis at a three, best. Maybe, maybe at a three. best, it's going to be like a conditional fourth. But I'm saying like conditional fifth that maybe becomes a fourth or something better, depending on his numbers. Otherwise, it's a stalemate. It's a standoff. He's going to hold out. He's not going to look to play. It's a mess. And Indianapolis is going to I don't think Jonathan bad. Taylor's going to miss a game check, though. With only making what he's making, and I don't think he's going to not play. I think if they if don't. If they say he court, failed his physical, they have to clear him, right? Allegedly, the Colts would. In his whole how to do this completely wrong scenario, <laughs> now the next card is we can't trade him. So now we're going to declare that he failed his physical and he can't play for us while right. we just totally tank and win two games. Is that out of the handbook, too? What chapter is that? Chapter 7? Chapter 11? Chapter 11 is bankruptcy, by the way. What chapter is that? I don't know. Uh, yeah, with the Colts in this whole situation. Because, interesting, because they've got a good GM. Chris Ballard's a good GM, but Robert Ursay just likes to enter. That Maybe just, he'll come back on social media playing his acoustic guitar again and, yes. and write a song about Jonathan Taylor and the trade. It is the T.C. Martin Show. Uh, TJ Reeves, Jason Powers filling in. The doctor is right around the corner. He'll check in from Atlanta. Aces, Las Vegas Aces. The doctor has been in a bad mood for like three or four days. The Aces lost their last game, the last time out on Saturday to the L.A. Sparks. And the doctor ain't been right since because the Aces were supposed to roll in that game and it didn't happen. So now they're off the loss. They're on the road trip. They begin against Atlanta. I think Atlanta's 500, like 16 and 16, the Atlanta dream. So that game coming up at 7 Eastern time. The doctor will check in here in a few moments to talk aces. We'll see what he thinks about the, the Raiders situation. Did we go over this last time on what the over-under of Raider wins is for uh, 2023? I've got to believe it's somewhere yeah. around. Like I think six it's six and, and a half, half, seven, six and a half. And what we're doing with that over-under, we'll talk to the doctor about that. And here's the other thing. With Josh Jacobs. And you mentioned the possible injury or whatever. What do you do with fantasy football drafts? Because I'm I'm in the doctor's fantasy football league, his old school league. I'm in another league with you, Powers. And yeah. Powers, you like reaped the benefit of having Josh Jacobs with last all his carries, all those touchdowns last year. What do you do for fantasy football purposes right now with the former Alabama running back who was so good around the goal line at getting you easy touchdown uh, damage for your fantasy football team? I was in two drafts on Sunday, two days ago, okay. and Jacobs went in the first round in both drafts. Really? Despite the, the whole yes. round and despite the stuff, yep. how many teams, though? Like six, Twelve. eight, ten, Twelve. Twelve, Twelve. Twelve leagues went in the first round, top 12 picks in both, both leagues. Both leagues. I, I did see, uh, I believe I saw his average draft position, like overall, because ESPN has all these algorithms where they can tell that in all the ESPN leagues, like his average draft position is like fifth. Which is incredible to me. Because these 
The bottom line is they're not going to miss a check. They're not going to miss. Jacobs is on the franchise tag where he's making 10 million bucks this year. He ain't missing checks. I understand. We ain't getting that money back. It's kind of like Numchuck. It's kind of like us. We ain't missing checks. We ain't missing meals. You're going to, you're going to come back in there. You're going to get that money. You're going to score the touchdowns. You're going to do what you have to do. Uh, with the Raiders and with that situation. All right, so we bring it back to them. It is the T.C. Martin Show. The doctor will be here coming up from Atlanta. We look forward to that here in the next segment. See what else is up uh, with him. I- I'm looking, I'm double-checking here. The Braves are in action, uh, back in action tonight. Uh, the Braves, who have just been rolling right now. Um, and I'm double-checking Atlanta this evening. Playing as uh, they come off the weekend the, Mets, in the ATL, the they're Mets. The awful Mets beginning that series. Who beat, no, the Mets beat them last night. The Mets did beat them last night. They're still 80 and 44 right now, yeah. the Atlanta Braves. And that one going on at the same time. Simultaneously to the Aces and the Dream in Atlanta, the Tampa Bay Rays are back home with the Colorado Rockies. And you better believe here in a few moments, I'm going to remind the doctor of his diatribe when I was out in Vegas at the end of July when he declared... <laughs> The Tampa Bay Rays está muerta. He declared them dead. DOA, dead on arrival in July. And the words of Toby Keith, the country singer, how do you like me now? They're looking pretty good. They have won six of the last seven series since he declared them dead. So we'll talk to the doctor about that and much more, including some WNBA. It is the T.C. Martin Show. T.J. Reeves, Jason Powers filling in. More on the way momentarily. Now, more of your favorite personal sports physician. This doesn't sound like the usual mindless, boring chit-chat. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. in on a Tuesday on the T.C. Martin Show. T.J. Reeves, Jason Powers filling in. My tag team partner, Jason Powers. We're both in West Central Florida. Numchuck holding down the fort uh, in Las Vegas. I got to get a Numchuck. Give us a weather update. How much rain did you guys get over the weekend? I know it was... What's the the update with Hillary? Uh, Tropical Storm Hillary. What the heck happened? You got got like as much rainfall as you might even get in the calendar year, like in one 24-hour period. Hillary didn't do anything to us. Really? Yes. The mountains avoided you. The mountains got it, but the valley didn't get anything. It was great. Interesting. It was a great. lot of uh, a lot of Southern California experienced what we experience a lot of the time, which is four inches, six inches, or more of rain in a twenty-four hour period. No good for the flooding, but thankfully not big damage anywhere uh, in uh, in California. All right. So good stuff uh, with that. Again, we're filling in for the doctor. I'm told he is standing by. Does he have entrance music on his own show? I believe the doctor is standing by. T.C. Martin with us from Atlanta, where the Las Vegas Aces get set to play the Atlanta Dream coming up in about 90 minutes in the ATL. Doctor, good to, good to get to break bread with you verbally here on the T.C. Martin Show. How are things in the ATL? Okay, uh, Hang on a second. So that's a boneless chicken breast? And catfish? I've never seen catfish <laughs> at a concession stand. Are you serious? I can't believe. Yeah, I'm gonna, I got to tell my guys in Vegas. Catfish at the con- con- concession stand. Unbelievable. Uh, how about a burger? Can, 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 a, can a Las Vegas guy just get like a, a, a third pound or a half pound burger? Okay, sounds good. What's going we're on, we're interrupting, uh, apparently, the pregame meal here on the T.C. Martin Show. Uh, this just in, we do have breaking news that T.C.'s worried about food instead of the radio segment. That's hard to believe for you, well, let me but it's good to have friend. you here. So, um, 
my main man, Dan, who does a great job with the uh, media relations department here with the Atlanta Dream, just handed me a, a comp coupon. Marco D'Angelo would love to hear this uh, if he's listening. There you go, Marco. And, Another uh, comp. Said, yeah, for, for, forget, forget the media dining, TJ Reeves. He's saying, I got carte blanche here at the arena. So I'm looking at this, uh, and they got, they got fried catfish. The concession stand. Is that a thing down south? At Welcome to the arena? south, brother. Catfish is a big deal in the south. Welcome to the south. And you gumbo. can get it all over the place. And gumbo. Look at that. Wow. That's fantastic. So you how have the, the, How about the Varsity Restaurant in Atlanta? That's yeah. a big spot. Do you know, wait a minute, do you know varsity. about the Greasy Spoon Varsity with the hot dogs and hamburgers? Are you familiar with that, Doctor? You know what? It's funny, Jason, because I, I saw that when I uh, got off the airplane in the airport. There was a line out the door. I mean, there is a, yeah. a line out the door for the varsity, uh, more so than Whataburger in Dallas. Yeah. yeah. So here's the key. The varsity, if you go to visit it, is so old school that they have you sit in those old school desks, or they did, like you were in elementary school, with the little arm that also served as your table to write on. So you sit there like school students, and then you got somebody yelling at you, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? That's the varsity for the hamburgers and the hot dogs. But you're saying you've not partaken in that. Are you going to go pregame catfish prior to tonight's Aces Dream Game? What is the update, Doctor? Uh, absolutely no catfish. You know, I'm not a catfish guy. I'm really not that much of a seafood guy. Uh, but I did learn something, TJ. As you know, if you're going to, you know, you're going to go, you go for the gusto. You go for the top. You go to the top end uh, seafood, not the bottom fish, not the bottom dwellers. I'm not going to no catfish. Are you kidding me? I might get some whiskers or something. Forget that. It's all about the shrimp scampi, something like that. Kind of get a witness. Yeah, Look, a lot of places in the South, it ain't about delicacy. It's just about good eats. Go get some good eats. Can I get a fried and good eats? <laughs> yes. All right. So uh, give us the What's update up? because I, I don't want to say that I had to talk you off the ledge a couple of days ago, but your aces who've won like 503 games this season actually lose a game and the doctor's down in the mouth like it's big trouble. So are you feeling better now that we've headed out on the road and you're about to play the dream, the Atlanta dream off the loss to the L.A. Sparks? What is the update? TJ, as you know, you're only as good as your last game, right? Right now, so uh, you know, hey, this it's kind of been a brutal stretch. Five games in nine days. Uh, you know, lucky. You know, most most of the last ones are at home, but you're playing a New York Liberty team. You know, uh, two games in three days, and uh, they had that big victory against the Liberty on Thursday. They gave them a four game lead and really kind of you would think clinched the number one seed in home court throughout, which was huge. And, and then it gets them in the head to head competition because of the top two teams of the WNBA. And then you come back and you give a game away because you lose to the L.A. Sparks as a 17-point favorite. So, no, that really didn't sit too well. But, yeah, it's fatigue. It was, you know, turnovers. And uh, now you go, got to go on the road for this, you know, four-game uh, in seven-day stretch and another trip back to Brooklyn to the Barclay Center coming up here um, in six days against the Liberty to close it out. So, uh, Becky Hammond, I don't want to say she's concerned, but she goes, hey, we just got to get back to play aces basketball and she wants to you know give some of these starters a little bit more rest and you're going to start seeing you know a uh, shorter stint you know she doesn't want to say okay you know my bench is you know i'm going to give them you know 20 minutes 25 minutes can't do that because they still don't have that much of a bench so she's going to really start managing the starters minutes and just kind of going you know maybe like three minute intervals and, and that sort of thing so we'll see what happens tonight they are playing a banged up atlanta dream team that 
could be playing without three starters tonight. So they may be getting a little bit of a break here. But, you know, the Aces have dominated uh, the dream all season. And though they've been some close, exciting, and very physical games, the last game almost ended in a brawl that we played here a week and a half ago in, in Vegas. But you never know. I mean, the Aces defeated the New York, uh, the uh, L.A. Sparks in 17 consecutive games. Half losses since like 2018. And they got beat as 17-point favorites. So you never know what's going to happen, especially in a league like this with only 12 teams. You have condensed uh, you know, talent. I mean, every team has talent. So uh, we'll tip it up tonight. Aces are a favorite, and uh, hopefully they can get it back on gear. All right, so just something occurs to me because this was old school, and maybe Becky Hammond is being old school. She has recently gone into the Basketball Hall of Fame. But after a loss like that on Saturday, to not let your team get complacent here at the end of the season, would you be better served on the torture scale to be waterboarded like a terrorist, to be tied to an anthill out in the desert with Kool-Aid poured on you, or to have been in Becky Hammond's practices the last couple of days getting ready for this game? Doctor, which would we choose out of A, B, or C? That's tough, man. That's tough. Um, Here's the thing. you know, Becky verbally, I mean, she'll get after it verbally. I mean, big time, you know, uh, on these girls. Uh, you know, here's the funny thing. You know, there's really no practices at this stage of the year uh, because of the travel schedule. And, you know, you want to rest these girls. So there, there are no practices. And uh, I don't think a lot of people who follow professional sports realize that. It's more about just, you know, managing your time so you can be 100% healthy. And, you know, you have shoot-arounds, you, you do a scouting, you know, game plan, uh, you know, the morning of it, the day before. But yesterday was a travel day, there was no practice, shoot-around today. So, again, you know, she trusts them and says, hey, we're the champs, you guys are veterans. Um, until we need to go that route to pound them in the ground, I'm going to trust that you'll get the job done. And the, this team has always bounced back after losses. They've bounced back in resounding fashion. And the good thing, TC, is you got the end of the road trip. You got the final game against the Liberty again in, in, New, in back up in Brooklyn. Nationally televised game is going to be next week. I think the motivation is to get through the these through the week, get to the weekend, so you can prepare for that that epic showdown one more time. What fourth time in like three weeks that they played the Liberty? Yeah, you know, you know, so you know, Monday is that game, and, and it's huge for many reasons because that would. Uh, give the Aces a season series three out of four games that they'd defeat them. And so that would be huge. And, uh, again, if they do end up tied, then, you know, the Aces will get the home court advantage during the playoffs, which they really need. And if they win tonight, they would actually clinch at least the number two uh, seed in the playoffs. But, you know, they got bigger things on their mind. They had the number one seed last year with a much, uh, you know, worse record. So I think everyone thought it was a foregone conclusion this team was going to be the number one seed, you know, going into the postseason. But uh, New York has played some great basketball. No one's played better than the Liberty. So it's definitely going to be a showdown on Monday night because remember what happened last time Dace was there. They lost by 38. Yeah. All right, the doctor joining us from Atlanta, T.C. Martin, on his own program here. He's in the ATL. And before we move on to the Raiders, et cetera, describe for the audience how they hear you through the uh, radio, through the Vegas, uh, the Las Vegas Aces uh, app, et cetera, WNBA coverage. How do they hear this tonight coming up now as we do the show live in about an hour 15? Well, locally in Las Vegas, uh, a few notches down the dial, you can get it at uh, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. That's a special programming note. 
Uh, we're going to be on the Golden Knight station uh, uh, tonight. And uh, then, of course, you know, you just uh, go ahead and uh, Google any of those, uh, you know, that radio station. And again, uh, in Las Vegas, uh, it's uh, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. And you can hear the call with yours truly tonight. And early start time, 4 o'clock Pacific, 3.30 the pregame. Uh, Chelsea Gray, Becky Hammond, join me in the pregame. So you got to get that elixir, like I said, for the voice and get ready to go. What kind of crowd? I mean, I know the, the dream are like 500, but this is the number one team in the league coming in. School is back in in the Atlanta area. Are they going to get a decent crowd for this tonight and have a decent atmosphere? Or what do we suspect? Oh, yeah. No, the game is sold out. Uh, they actually draw really well here because this is actually one of the smaller arenas. And uh, so they, uh, yeah, the, the game is sold out. And, uh, you know, people already, you know, in the door here uh, looking forward to this. And, you know, we've come accustomed to this. Uh, it doesn't matter what city, uh, you know, everyone wants to see the champs. I mean, you know what that's like, TJ, when, when the Bucks used to come to town when they were champs. Uh, same thing. So, uh, yeah, we're, you know, you're getting everybody's best shot when they come to the Michelob Ultra Arena in Vegas with Mandalay Bay. And, of course, you know, every year, I mean, every uh, home game, you get, uh, you know, the best shot as well, too. And you got that in Dallas when Dallas upset him. You got it in Connecticut when, when Connecticut upset the Aces. So, uh, and you got that in New York in, in, when uh, the Liberty upset him. So, the Aces prepared for this. But, yeah, it's going to be a great crowd. It's going to be a great atmosphere here tonight. You know how the ATL is. They love their sports. No doubt about that. We're going to keep the doctor just another moment or two. All right. So we were talking Raiders in the last segment, and we were talking about philosophy, philosophically. What do you do with the third preseason game? Powers and I are both of the belief you should be playing your starters at least in the first quarter. Raiders play the Cowboys in the final preseason game. Not just what should Josh McDaniels be doing. What would you do here with playing the starters in the first quarter, if not the first half of the preseason game? They looked pretty good at the beginning of the Rams game the other night. So, Doctor, what should they be doing? Well, here's the deal. Uh, Andy Reid and I are on the same page, but uh, I don't think many other coaches are on that same page. And Josh McDaniels uh, definitely is not. If I, yeah, If it was me, I would uh, take my... I would take my starters into probably maybe the first series of the second quarter. Probably wouldn't play them an entire half, but you want to get three or four series in with your starters before you start lighting it up for real. But that's not Josh McDaniel's MO. He's, he, he hasn't shown that since he's been the Raiders head coach and he's going to continue to do what he's been doing. And, you know, he's made it this far without having any major injuries uh, during camp. So yeah, that's just who he is. So I think you're going to see more of the same. You're going to see more of, uh, you know, Aiden O'Connell. And I think the big story is, and if you go to the website, tcmartinshow.com, you know, we talk about there's a heated battle, you know, for the backup, which I don't think anybody expected. It's kind of putting McDaniel in a little bit of a, you know, quandary here because he brought, you know, Brian Hoyer in here to, to basically be the backup for Jimmy Garoppolo and also, you know, kind of keep that Patriots theme going with Garoppolo and then Hoyer. And then if something goes, you know, wrong with Garoppolo for an injury or if he, you know, fails, you go to Hoyer. But, you know, O'Connell has shown that, you know, he's outplayed, you know, Hoyer. And so there is a concern on, you know, is there going to be, uh, you know, who's going to be the number two quarterback? And do you carry three quarterbacks? So I think that is the biggest decision that McDaniels is, uh, is wrestling with. And as we know, I mean, most teams do not, you know, you know, keep three quarterbacks. I mean, you have the emergency. You know, it's not going to hurt you on the 53-man roster, but I think that's what they're going to be looking at. You're going to see both those quarterbacks get a lot of snaps against the Cowboys.
The Raiders are not cutting O'Connell from all the great play. They're not getting rid of him. They might get rid of Hoyer and the other guy, but O'Connell's going to make that roster one way or the other. Yeah, do you? yeah I agree. Yeah. Gambling question for you, TD. Are you hearing anything from your gambling buddies as we were about two weeks away from the regular season? Are there any sharp opinions that you're hearing about point spreads in week one or even the college football season? Week one from your buddies out in Vegas? You know, we haven't really, really touched much on the opening week of, 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 you know, with the numbers, but what we've been, you know, talking a lot about is uh, the future bet and the season win totals. And there's some live action, you know, with that. We've seen the move in the Raiders go down. You know, they were uh, seven and a half, seven victories, and it's now down to six and a half, you know, with the juice going towards the under. And a lot of that coincided with, with uh, uh, Josh Jacobs not reporting to camp. You know, conventional wisdom says that he is going to show up, you know, week number one. But Josh Jacobs is pretty upset, so he may, you know, torture the Raiders a little bit, which is an unfortunate thing. It just shows you're not there for your teammates. But a couple other, you know, wise plays uh, look like uh, overbet season win totals on the Chargers as well as the Broncos. And coincidentally, we're talking about all of the AFC uh, West here, which I yeah. can see both of those. Which, which make a lot of sense. You know, Denver isn't getting a whole bunch of love, but, you know, uh, the talk out of, out of Broncos camp is that, you know, Russell Wilson and, and Sean Payton are definitely on the same page, and uh, you got a renewed spirit, and a lot of the Broncos, including Russell Wilson, are saying, wow, uh, this, is, this is totally different than any other coaching regime we've had, uh, that, you know, that, uh, you know, Payton's pretty serious about this. So, and, you know, the Broncos have talent. I mean, they were more close games than anybody last year, so uh, those are the two things we've been looking at. All right, always love the doctor's insight. And again, we're hanging out on his show, keeping the seats warm here. Uh, have a great call on the Aces and the Atlanta Dream, which is coming again as we do this live in about an hour and 10 minutes, 4 Pacific time, 7 Eastern time in the ATL. The joint is jumping. The doctor's got to get his pregame food, got to get the vocal <laughs> exercises going, and, and then get the pregame show going in about 45 minutes. All right, my friend, thank you. We will hold the fort down for the remainder of the program. You guys have done a great job, TJ, Jason. Really appreciate you guys. Of course, I'm Chuck back in the studio. Thanks, uh, thanks a bunch, guys. Appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. There you go, the voice of the Aces. Can they get back on track after a humiliating loss to the uh, LA Sparks? Can't say it any other way. The Sparks are seven games below, or six games below five hundred. I think they were seven below going into that game. What did he say? Seventeen point favorite, and they get the outright yes. win. Anything yes. can happen. Anything can happen. So. Let's see if the Aces finish up strong, and we appreciate the doctor. we got a few minutes left. Danielle McCartan will be here from WFAN in New York. Look forward to talking with her. Jason, you're familiar with her. Uh, love we'll her insight. We'll get a Liberty update. We'll get a Liberty, Liberty update. update from her about what's up with them, but also the J-E-T-S, mess, 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 and what's up with Aaron Rodgers. You're going to get that in about 10 minutes here on the T.C. Martin Show. But back to this whole thing. Uh, with play the starters or not. And first of all, I didn't have time to smack the doctor. The doctor's trying to get his food, trying to get the pregame show. But this whole thing about Josh Jacobs is being selfish for his teammates. Go ask Jonathan Taylor right now about yeah. being there for your teammates and trying to play and playing hurt and playing through pain and coming back and rehabbing an injury. What does that ultimately get you for your contract? It's got your owner putting stink on you that, hey, you can be gone somewhere else because we're not going to pay you more than a couple of million dollars a year. So on that point, Jacobs has got to make what he can make, and they haven't given him the long-term deal. This goes back, the last time we were on, like a month ago, uh, we were talking about the whole running back conspiracy thing. And, yeah. and, and, and is it now 
not so much conspiracy, but collusion by the owners that uh, silently, we're not going to pay any of the running backs any more long-term deals, like what Christian McCaffrey got recently or Ezekiel Elliott got recently with massive deals. That That's going the way of the dodo bird, the dinosaur. That's not happening anymore. And so for Jonathan Taylor, for Josh Jacobs, for running backs like that, I can totally see, I can totally understand where they're skeptical here that you're just going to, you're going to use me up for 2023 and then you're going to put somebody else in that costs one third, one eighth, one tenth of what I make for next year. Two points to make. People got to remember the franchise tag number is the average of the top five at that position. So he's getting, it's not like he's getting. $4 million on the franchise. He's getting $10 million, which is the average of the top five. And we can debate whether Josh Jacobs is two, three, four, five on the running backs list. That's first point. Two, the mark, the long-term market for running backs is two or three-year deals. You're not getting a four or five-year deal like you would get at wide receiver at quarterback or offensive line. The long-term future of that position is two and three years. So a team will pay you two years and $25 million, I think. I think most teams would do that. I think for for a top end running back, but and they're again, not going to go. They're 10 not going million is two million. Pardon me, ten million is a difference maker for him compared to Jonathan Taylor making two. That's five right. times. Correct. I went to public school math. Numchuck, give me an amen on this. I went to public school math, but ten million is five times more than two million uh, here, even in public school. So that's a different deal. But you're right. Are you going to get a three year deal with twenty five or thirty million dollars guaranteed no. from anybody? Right now, it certainly doesn't look like it. Dalvin Cook just signed a one-year deal with the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 and it's a one-year deal for up to like $8 million. He didn't get a $30 million million deal. That didn't happen. So, uh, and Saquon Barkley's in the same boat. Is he going to get $25 or $30 million guaranteed with the New York Giants? Right now, we'll talk to Danielle about that. Is he going to get that even on the open market? If he's on the open market, that's the real question. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and a guy like uh, you're not going to see the Christian McCaffrey deal of four years, fifty-five million dollars with thirty-five or whatever guaranteed. It's two and three-year deal. The one advantage Taylor has, he's only twenty-four years old. Where some of these other guys are twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. A guy like Austin Eckler and uh, the Chargers, he's twenty-eight years old. He, they're not. He ain't getting a huge deal. Taylor could potentially get a three-year, $40 million deal from somebody with 27-28 guarantees. Who's going to give him that right now with the injuries? Who's going to give him 25 or $30 million guaranteed? And the Colts know that. But right. then they're delusional, and that's the word, that they're going to put all this stink out there, have all these problems, and then think that somebody's going to give them a number one pick. Right. What that planet are you on with that? Right. right. Uh, by the way, Ezekiel Elliott signing with the New England Patriots last week to get into their camp. And that was like a $4 million deal. Yep. Again, with incentives. With incentives compared to what he was making in Dallas. This yeah. is the running back market right now. Most of these teams want to go with somebody that's only making a couple of million or a million dollars a year. Rashad White, the Buccaneer running back, isn't making a million dollars. He's a third round pick. He's not, he's not making a million dollars in year two, I don't believe. I don't think so. So again, it's discounted. Now, B. John Robinson, the Atlanta running back, who looks good right now for whatever it's worth, it's the Falcons. He's a top 10 pick, and he's getting like four or five million, whatever that is, and he's signed long term on his rookie contract. That's the rookie contract that Jonathan Taylor is playing the final year of. And in Josh Jacobs' case, 
He's getting the franchise tag here after having already uh, played his four seasons and could have been a unrestricted free agent. And they're trying to keep him from walking to another team by paying him the average, which is $10 million. And that's not bad right now and, in the running back zone. And remember, Barkley and Jacobs were first-round picks, so they, they've already had a huge signing bonus when they signed that first-round deal. So a guy like Barkley, he's already made like $35 million before this year. So different scenarios, with, with depending on what round you were picked, Taylor, second-round pick, did not get the huge signing bonus money, whereas Barkley and Jacobs, they've already had a big payday. They're Rashad, not gonna Rashad White, by the way, $935,000 salary yeah. this year. And most teams are playing with two running backs. Correct. Not playing with one guy. Uh, and I was just looking here at a, at a couple of other ones. I was looking for Saquon Barkley, who, again, has not been in Giants camp. And we'll talk to Danielle a little bit more uh, about that, what he's slated to make for this year. Uh, Barkley has uh, got a one-year deal, $10 million, but he is unhappy. In 2023, he's going to earn an $8 million base. He got a signing bonus of $2 million. He's unhappy at not having a long-term deal right. beyond this year. He's on the tag, too. Barkley's on the tag as well. All right. So there you go on uh, the running backs. Again, we'll talk more about the New York teams. We'll get a little New York flavor here. We're giving you all over the place. Jason and I are in West Central Florida. Tampa Bay Rays. I did not have time to smack the doctor back, as I alluded to, that the Tampa Bay Rays, ever since his diatribe, when I was on his show at the Westgate, and by the way, the doctor will not be at the Westgate, but Marco will be there on uh, on Friday from 2 to 4 Pacific time at the Westgate Superbook. Go see him. The Rays have been rolling along, and the Rays are about to play Danielle's Yankees. We'll talk about all of that and more. Next hour, the TC Martin Show is coming up. Stand by for that. TJ and Jason Powers filling in for the doctor. Don't go anywhere. Season's going to end on a double doink. Doink, doink, doink. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know. I had an idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea. And then, uh... Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know. That's the idea. That's the result you're going to get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. The doctor is now in. The Doctor's Terrible Tuesday does continue here for a second hour. TJ Reeves and Jason Powers filling in for TC Martin here as the Doctor is about an hour away from calling the Las Vegas Aces and the Atlanta Dream. They are participating in the ATL. The Aces off a rare loss, Jason Powers. What do we have confirmation? What is the line for tonight's game after they were favored by 17 and lost to the L.A. Sparks on Saturday? I still got to believe the top-seeded Aces have to be something like six-point favorite, eight-point favorite, something like that on the road. That's the Reeves Race and Sportsbook uh, line that I would put out, something like that. How far off am I? We'll find out in a couple you of moments. You are way off, my brother. What, what, what do they have? The Aces minus 16 tonight Ooh, on the road. God, minus 16 off the loss. I'm yes. not saying I might be interested in plus 16 on the road, but maybe they come out angry. <laughs> There's a school of thought that maybe they come out angry off that loss to the uh, the L.A. Sparks 
on the weekend. I would have thought like six or eight points. What do I know? This is the reason why I don't bet. But in any event, the doctor on the call, pregame coverage for them coming in about 30 minutes. He'll call the game at the top of the hour. For now, we hold down the Ford. We talked a lot in the last hour about the final preseason game for a lot of NFL teams. So we're going to do that and a lot more with Danielle McCartan of WFAN in just a moment. Love Danielle's insight on everything, New York, but in particular, the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. A reminder, if you miss any part of this award-winning program, find it on tcmartinshow.com, including on-demand podcast form, tcmartinshow.com. All the interviews, all the insight, all of his articles, the whole bit. Do I hear Sinatra in the background? I think I hear Sinatra in the background. So that is perfect intro music. Here she is from WFA in New York, Danielle McCartan, Coach McCartan on Twitter, ready to talk New York, New York. I'm not going to sing uh, Danielle, welcome to the TC Martin Show with TJ and Jason Powers filling in. Long time no see, young lady. I know it's it's been what a whole four days, but forty eight hours, seventy two hours. We saw each other this past weekend. Yeah, uh, I got to give you some props for that song. By the way, that's if for anybody that doesn't know, that happens at Yankee Stadium. It used to be when the Yankees only won. Now they play right. it of every because game. they haven't been winning that often. You got to play it every night. Yeah, if yeah, that yeah. is the case. So yeah. uh, Danielle is here to serve multiple purposes. I have promised that Numchuck will behave in Vegas, and you know Powers will be. You've been on with him before. Uh, okay. So are we going to let them in on right at the top on our story on our brush with greatness breakfast? Uh, <laughs> you and I, you and I went to, are we going to do that on the top or do you want to save that for later as we program the segment on the fly? Do you want to get into the nuts and bolts of sports and the jets and Rogers and how much is he playing Saturday and your super bowl prediction that you're making that the jets are going to be in the super? Do we want to do that first? Or do I want to hear breakfast. breakfast. I want to hear breakfast. breakfast Numchuck, thumbs up. You want the breakfast story first? All right. Breakfast. breakfast story, apparently, Danielle, first. So understand a couple of ground rules. The first thing is we were staying near the Jets facility, which I, well, I have the listing of the well, towns. Not we. I was home. You I was were. staying in the facility. I'm talking about <laughs> we, the Buccaneers, staying the whole week by the Jets facility in Hanover, Hanover Township, which may have two stoplights. Does it have three stoplights? I'm not sure. It's in the north middle of the state. So this is in the middle of nowhere as it is. The Bucks have been there all week. They practice with the Jets. They're now playing them on Saturday night. So I come into the team hotel and I'm telling Danielle, Danielle, where is Hanover? She's like, nowhere near me. I'm like, can you come grab me for breakfast? Grab me in the car. We'll go pick a breakfast spot. You said, okay, sure. You come, you come, uh, you pick the breakfast spot. I'll come, I'll, co- I'll come grab you about 9 30, 10 o'clock. We'll go get breakfast. We go to nearby, what's the name of it? Morris Township? Morris Township, I think, or Morris Town. They're New all Jersey. The, they're all the same little baby towns all next oh, so you got these all got all these little towns in north central Jersey. I picked the breakfast spot. For the record, Danielle had no knowledge, no involvement in picking the breakfast spot. We go into said breakfast spot, which we're not going to mention because they don't sponsor the galactically famous TC Martin show. And Danielle pick it up from there. Correct me if I'm wrong. The server just began to to volunteer this. The the host he seated us and he said what to uh, us on that Saturday morning. Yeah, we go in there and he he sits us down. He says, I don't know for whatever reason, I don't know why he even asked this question. Honestly, he volunteered the information and uh, you said it best the other night. He said, Hey, uh, just like this. Hey, uh, do you guys know uh, who Daniel Jones is? And we were like. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, we know. All who right, for those in the Vegas yeah. audience who don't know, that would be the starting quarterback of the playoff won a game last year, New York Giants, Daniel Jones, who got like 40 or 50 million in the offseason. So the host wants to know if Danielle, who broadcasts on WFAN radio <laughs> in New York, knows who Daniel J- Jones is. And you kind of looked at him with a look like, are you are you pranking me? Are uh, you bagging me? Do you know who I am? But he was very genuine, as we say in the South. He was very genuine. Why, Danielle? Yeah, well, uh, TJ said it best. He said I rolled my eyes at him, and I probably <laughs> did, actually. But he pulls out his phone as he's seating us and handing us the menus, and he's like, oh, because and he shows us his phone. He was like, he was just here like less than an hour ago. You guys just missed him. I was like, <laughs> What? No. Coming off the preseason game the night before, which I was at with my father. Right, right. The next morning, he's out to breakfast. TJ picked the place. I picked the place. There's got to be 700 breakfast places in North New Jersey, wherever Daniel Jones lives. Or New York City. Or New York City or wherever. He's got to live in Jersey, though, Danielle. If he's in Jersey on a Saturday morning, you would think. But yeah. in any event, the dude is holding up a photo in the restaurant. I just got my picture made with Daniel Jones and Danielle is ready to smack him because <laughs> Daniel Jones was right there. So brush with greatness breakfast. Just hang around with Uncle TJ and you never know where greatness is going to roll around, Daniel. That's the more well, TJ, if you would have done your normal Saturday morning earlier in the morning breakfast like you like to do with donuts. Exactly. With Daniel so we Jones. would have probably been at a Dunkin' or what else do you have up there? I know in Canada they have Tim Hortons, but I don't know what else they have in New York for donuts. Uh, I don't think you have Earlier Krispy Kreme. Earlier wake-up call. Earlier. Whatever. But we rolled to the breakfast place, and Daniel Jones had been there, so that kind of set the tone at least for the weekend. So anyway, uh, you don't have you don't have any confirmation since then that he hangs out in that area, and you're not looking to cyber-stalk him or stalk him otherwise to go to that breakfast spot. And I'm not inviting anybody to do that either. But you know what, TJ? I was thinking about this after I dropped you back off at the team hotel. If we didn't stick around so long to see that Indian wedding, we would have seen Daniel Jones. (laughs) you got to share this. While we totally digress on the T.C. Martin show, this is the Buccaneers team hotel. They are preparing to play the New York Jets Saturday night. And Saturday morning is the most elaborate Indian wedding you can imagine. Like straight out of Aladdin, straight out of Bollywood. Nunchuck, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. They are having a full-on wedding where everything was there. And we thought they were going to, because this is a tradition in Indian weddings, we're told, that, that either the groom, I think the groom rides in on an elephant. It's considered a status thing. We were looking for the elephant poop to see if there was perhaps... Uh, some verification that there was an elephant on the premises for this wedding that easily had three or 400 people in full Bollywood regalia for this wedding. So Danielle and I were blown away. We're out, we're out front. This, this, uh, it's like an afternoon wedding, like an 11 a.m. noon wedding is going on. And had we not tarried, had we not delayed, had we not, had we not stayed behind, we perhaps could have had the brush of greatness at the breakfast spot with Daniel Jones. Are you going to forgive me? Are you going to forgive me so we can move on? I don't know. I, I guess I'm going to have to, but I would have invited Daniel Jones onto my show. That's what I would have done. <laughs> Asked him for, ask for a selfie. and then I, to hook, Yeah, selfie and the cell phone to hook him. All right, so while we're on the subject, the Giants 
are obviously, oh my God, the music. Uh, this is what was going on. Danielle, am I exaggerating? This no, you're not. This is the music was, that was playing. The wedding was happening. It was unbelievable. It was like right a, out of Bollywood. They had a DJ cart on both sides for the bride and the groom. A roving DJ cart. He was rolling around in the cart with the speakers playing. The whole bit, this kind of music. It was a, the, she was rolling in on a McLaren. He had a Lamborghini, and it was like, I've never seen Riding in the back, like you're yeah, in a parade. On a it, was cra- it was crazy. Danielle <laughs> was getting wedding ideas. We were trying to find Danielle an Indian prince at that point out in the uh, lobby of the, uh, the, the team hotel. But in any event, uh, let's bring it back to sports while we digressed enough. You, you were there, and you saw the Giants, a playoff team a year ago. For whatever it's worth in the first preseason game, Daniel Jones looked pretty good against a bad Carolina team. Tell me more about what you saw. You were there at MetLife Stadium on Friday night before missing Daniel Jones on breakfast uh, detail Saturday morning. Yeah, I mean, I actually saw many more people than I thought I was going to see there. It was quite crowded, actually. My, me and my dad were kind of making our way through the parking lot. It almost looked like, I don't know, it almost looked like a regular season game against like a crappy opponent, you know, like it was that many people were there. And um, what I saw from Daniel Jones was was almost perfection. I, he, I think he, it was one pass that wasn't completed. And it was to, uh, to Waller, Darren Waller, and he got popped. And that's re- the reason why. But probably the biggest takeaway that you can have from that you know, even without Saquon Barkley in the game, the Giants moved the ball the entire length of the field after the kickoff with ease. And then they punctured, you know, they they punctuated the drive with a touchdown to the tight end, Daniel Bellinger, in the end zone. Darren Waller looked fluid, fantastic, fast. Daniel Jones looked decisive. And like you said, I know it's preseason. I understand that. But that was like the ones. The ones were out there. And Daniel Jones looked really very good and i saw today that he told reporters that he gained 10 pounds of uh of muscle which is which is good for him you know it's a really good thing so he looked really good the giants looked really great actually in that first tra- uh, drive and i'm excited there's a lot of chatter around the giants that they might they they might be a better team but their win total may not reflect that this year but, but the nfc is weaker so that's that's a plus for the giants Waller is to me is going to be a huge key. If Waller can stay healthy and keep the middle of the field open, that's going to open up things for the wide receivers and more running lanes for Barkley. What is the sentiment with Barkley? I know he's frustrated about the contract, but I'll give him credit. He reported to camp when they started. You haven't heard him moaning and groaning to the media. At least I haven't. What are your thoughts about just the whole vibe of the Giants camp? Yeah. if he hadn't signed that one-year deal right before the start of camp, it would have been a lot different. The whole vibe would have been a lot different. Even still, like he signed the deal, he's reported. Like you said, we haven't even heard anything from him. It's, you know, he's going to go out there and he's going to play. But a lot of people, even call me on the radio, were like, "I can't believe that Daniel Jones didn't take a discount to give to Barkley." But you can't do that, though. You can't. You can't rob from Peter to pay Paul. Daniel Jones is out there to get his money. He's going to get his money. That's it. It's up to the Giants to figure it out. And guess what? The Giants, from a team perspective, they did the right thing. They didn't have a ton of cap space to play with. And and when you look at the franchise tag, are you going to tag Jones or Barkley? Well, guess what? They saved themselves money by tagging Saquon Barkley. And actually, he signed a one-year deal so they could tag him two more times. Right. So, I mean, it was it was a great business decision from the Giants. Uh, you hate to say it, Saquon Barkley. He's an he's an amazing person. He's a dad, a girl dad. Oh, he, he's never been in trouble. X Y Z, all of that. But unfortunately, he plays a running back position. But with all of that said, at least outwardly, everything is smooth sailing for the Giants. Uh, you know, at least outwardly. 
Again, the voice of Danielle McCartan. Follow her at Coach McCartan on Twitter. She's on WFAN on the weekends. And we'll get to the Jets in a couple of moments because she was on Saturday night after the Jets and the Buccaneers played their preseason game. Just one more thing on the Giants and the Barkley situation because people are interested in this for fantasy football, for gambling purposes, etc. Are we thinking there's even a remote chance that he might walk out of camp over the contract, et cetera? Or is he going to be a good, I see you nodding your head. I can see you. Is he going to be a good soldier and follow all the way through here? Play hard, play for what he has on the, uh, on the, uh, on the, uh, on the contract here that he was given. What there is a fear of that, that if I draft Saquon Barkley, like in the first round of my fantasy draft and he walks out of camp, you're saying, do not be that concerned. Don't be afraid. I mean, he is a man of character. I mean, as far as I know, I've met him once or twice. He's a man of character. He says what he does. So if you're thinking of fantasy football, you're apprehensive of picking Saquon Barkley, do not be. He he will he will be there. He will be there every week, provided that he's not, you know, hurt. But which is a concern because he started a little late. He started a little late in into the program. So I don't know exactly that, but he will be there every day, you know, if he's healthy. And remember, the Giants gave him, like I think, a million-dollar boost in the way they structured that deal. So he's getting about an extra million dollars more than he could have gotten on the franchise tag. Seven and a half wins is what I'm looking at from a win total. What do you think with the Giants? More. Uh, seven and a half, I would say more. I wouldn't say much more, but I would say hit the over on that one for sure. And, he, and here's the bottom line on Barkley. Daniel Jones isn't near the quarterback without him. As an outlet receiver, as a blocking back, as the threat back there in the backfield, they are not the same offense without him. And they have to realize and understand that value. In particular, if he's not in there, they'll realize it real quick in between the lines and on the field, if that is the case. Go ahead. Daniel Jones' quarterback rating jumps 15 points with Saquon Barkley on the field versus (laughs) without. That's a lot. Uh, Case closed there on that. The, The defense rests. On uh, on that point. All right, let's move it over to the Jets. And we do have a little quasi-breaking news. They basically put this out there. First of all, the latest Hard Knocks episode is out here in a few hours on Max or HBO Max, what it used to be called. It's going to feature the practice with the Buccaneers last week, the game this Saturday. So we're interested to see that in the Tampa Bay area. You're interested in New York. Fans all over the country are interested. Is it going to be another Aaron Rodgers love fest? I mean, Danielle was rolling her eyes on Saturday at breakfast. You're like, this is this is like his PR department did the first episode of Hard Knocks. Am I right? Did I, did I sum it up? First, second, and I think the third one, too, because the little preview that I saw, it was like Aaron from the Jets. The Jets tweeted out a little clip. Aaron Rodgers even breaks up fights, and the fight is going on to the left. And you've got Aaron Rodgers kind of like playing like basketball defense with one of the defenders. I mean, we under, we get it. We get it. Aaron Rodgers is a Jet, but there are so many other storylines on that team that they could be exploring, and they're just not. It's frustrating. I don't know. I might Maybe be- tonight. Maybe not. Who would you like to see them talk a little more about that's getting underplayed on this show right now? And maybe it'll be tonight. Well, two things. Mekhi Becton, who has been a, basically a, a non-participant for the Jets, he showed up overweight, what, two years ago, he got hurt because of it and all this stuff. So he's he's in a he's in a contract here. He has to play for Aaron Rodgers to succeed. I would love to see how he feels, you know, storyline of, of him being motivated and working out and all that stuff. I would love to see that. I would also love to see Quinn and Williams and Quincy Williams, the brothers that are on the Jets defense, one of which just got a huge contract. Their mom died of breast cancer on August the 10th. Mm. So how it, not not this year, but like 10 years ago, but like now they're both on the same team. If you want to pull tug at the heartstrings a little bit, 
interview the both of them and talk about that. But I just feel like this, if this third episode is another one with Aaron Rodgers as a central character, I, I don't think I can do any more. I hate to break it to you, but more than likely, you're going to see a lot of number eight in jet colors. Yes, Jason Powers. What else? And you did the, the one thing I will say they, they did, which I was surprised they did. They showed last week Sala basically F-bombing the whole offensive line in front of the team. So I think that was, you know, obviously the Jets, everybody thinks the O-line is going to be the weakness with the Jets. So at least they showed a little bit of that with Sala ripping the team a new one as far as the offensive line and kind of challenging their manhood a little bit. Yeah, and then uh, you get callers like he was just doing that for the cameras. Like, all right, it's not a it's it's reality TV. We all know reality TV isn't really real all the time. So yeah, I played that quote by the way, and I had a I had a censor like half of it. <laughs> Where do the Jets have to go? Honestly, I mean, we know Rodgers is really good. Does and we think the offensive line is kind of the weak link. But what part of the team do you really think needs to elevate itself to be other than the offensive line? What is, is there a weakness on the defense? Maybe the linebacking core. What what positional group or mentality wise do the Jets have to overcome to really be a ch- elite level championship level team? Yeah. So if we're taking the offensive line out of it, I mean, this team is going to go how that goes. But if we take that out, because that gets a lot of play, I'll give you one from each side. Uh, the safeties were very weak in the Jets defense for the past couple of years. I uh, don't know if they've addressed it directly but i'm watching for the sa- the, the defense is elite the jets defense is elite so if we're nitpicking here it's going to be the safety group for the offense i mean second wide receiver or tight end maybe number tight 2 end, receiver tight end i would i would say always it's always a concern with the jets they don't ever know how to use a tight end they have cj uzama he's barely like he's barely playing he's he's non-existent on that on that offense so yeah i would say the tight end group um and if and if it wasn't for Dalvin Cook, I would say the running back room, honestly. But uh, yeah, tight end. You got real uh, on the Cook point. You got real question marks at running back. Brees Hall's off a serious knee injury, hasn't yeah. really been able to participate, and Dalvin Cook's off a shoulder injury, coming to a new team with a new system. What if anything have you heard? Is Cook even going to try to suit up? Because we do have the breaking news, Num Chuck. The breaking news that came off the weekend. It does look like Aaron Rodgers will play in the yeah. preseason finale against the New York Giants. Is is there any possibility in your mind that Dalvin Cook's out there for a few plays with him, or you think no chance of that? Regular season opener against Buffalo is the first time we see him. Yeah, I thought I saw a report come out earlier this morning from camp saying that Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall will not be playing against the Giants this weekend. But uh, as far as the, the Aaron Rodgers point, you know, I was talking about this weekend on my show. I do not want to see Aaron Rodgers in this game on Saturday. I just don't want to see it. You 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 know, can garner. You know, you could see different looks in a defense from these padded joint practices with these other teams. I mean, this whole Jets season is contingent upon Aaron Rodgers and him being on the field. All you need is a guy trying to make an impression, a giant trying to make an impression on his team who may be on the bubble, trying to, you know, sack Aaron Rodgers, make a name for himself, and the Jets season goes up in absolute smoke. I don't want to see it. Unfortunately, they're not listening to me. One thing that I don't think has been talked about nearly enough what is the thoughts of Nathaniel Hackett calling plays? He didn't call plays in Green Bay. He was a disaster calling plays in Denver last year. I know he and Rogers like each other as a quarterback coach. We I'm know talking about what the truth plays. is. Hold the phone. Calling we, know plays. What, we know what the truth is. Rogers is running that show. It's what okay. Rogers wants called. It's what Rogers is going to go over with him. Let's go through this, this, and this. This is what I want. And if Rogers doesn't like it in the huddle, he's going to change the play in the huddle. <laughs> we know what the truth is, Danielle. I hate to hijack your answer, but that's the truth. 
Yeah, that's the answer. And he was even calling plays through the, at Rogers was even calling plays through the headset in the Hall of Fame game for Zach Wilson. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's TJ. You nailed it. Uh, all right, a few more moments. Coach McCartan, gracious to be here. Danielle McCartan, WFAN. Look her up. Hear her on the weekends on WFAN. By the way, when are you on uh, for this weekend in and around? And that Jets-Giants game is Saturday. a Saturday night game. Are you on after that game Saturday night on the fan, or what's the latest? TJ, I'm going to be with you in Tampa. Oh, that's right. You're coming this way. Wow. <laughs> we cannot we cannot get away from each other right now. I can't promise you famous Buccaneer or famous uh, Tampa Bay Ray that might be at breakfast just before we get there for this weekend, but we might try to do that. That's right. You are coming this way. I, I Right now, I'm laser focused on like the next hour uh, at this point in time. And Danielle's talking okay. about coming down this way. All right. So in any event, uh, for that game on Saturday night, do we suspect that Rodgers will play more than a series if he does? Will the Giants starters on suspicion here play more than a series? We've been talking about this the whole show. Might we see them play the whole first quarter? Good on good. Giants and Jets. Speculate, please, Danielle. Yeah, I think Dable, I think I saw something earlier. In, it was today. Yesterday, I think I saw that Dable said that he, he's going to be rolling with a lot of the twos, actually. I don't know if any Giants big name starters will be playing on defense, um, which surprised me. Um, but Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be playing. All I want to see is one series. I want to see a bunch of handoffs, a bunch of dart passes, and I want him off the field. That's <laughs> it. And wrap him in bubble wrap like the little Giants when that kid shows up with bubble wrap. That's exactly what I want. have yep. him have him encased. All right, uh, fair enough on all. The, anything else there? Powers on Jets and Giants before we give move me, off give, of that. Give me your thoughts on what the environment's going to be opening night nine eleven month. One of the most hyped openers in you know NFL history, if not Jets history. Monday night MetLife after the Sunday night game in MetLife with the Giants and the Cowboys, a double header on nine eleven weekend. Just talk about the hype of the community of the just the whole New York region of what that's going to mean for that community. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, first, I will say though, and I know my friend Christina, who lives in Vegas, is listening. She's a Bills fan. I will say that the NFL really did miss the boat in this, and I'll say it because you had the Jets and Giants. Right there for you to schedule. They're playing later in the season. They as the have, first game. As yeah. the first game. Yeah. They should have scheduled Jets-Giants. Nothing against the Bills, right? But the Jets and Giants play in the shadow of the World Trade Center across the river. And you could see it from the parking lot. So um, I wish that the Jets and Giants were playing on September 11th, Monday Night Football, week one. However, the Jets did draw the Bills, which is also another New York team. It. I'm trying to go to that game so bad. No one has tickets. Tickets are through the roof to buy them. I want to go so badly. I, I hope that the it, both teams will be wearing like NYPD caps on the sideline and all that. Right. Come running out with the flag, the full field flag, all of it. And I don't know. I'm just getting goosebumps right now, like actually thinking about it. So um, I hope to be in the building for it. Um, but if not, it's going to be just as electric through the TV set in my in my living room for sure. Ooh, all right. A uh, couple of moments left. We'll, we will turn it back to baseball because Danielle's coming back down here to see uh, actually some big time baseball, which is the Tampa Bay Rays, who are slated to play whom we have breaking news. Rays to play the Rockies midweek and then the New York Yankees, the listless $200 million payroll New York Yankees who have lost what? Eight in a row, 12 in a row, 27 in a row with all that <laughs> payroll. Uh, and we do have breaking news from the Yankees that they're going to call up a couple of prospect outfielders. Nothing says, smells, and tastes like we're packing it in, we're waving the white flag, like calling up guys from the minors, uh, a couple of these prospects uh, that they are going to call up, outfield prospects that they want to look at because they realize basically the season is toast. 
right now, Danielle? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm going to Yankee Stadium tomorrow. I'm going into the clubhouse, and I really don't know how to approach this because every time I've been in the clubhouse, the Yankees have been in the playoff hunt, the postseason hunt. So uh, I, I still have to figure out my, my game plan going into the clubhouse tomorrow. But yeah, I'll be there. We're going to Friday night's game. We're going to Saturday, or, I mean, Sunday afternoon's game, which is Italian Heritage Night. Um, I haven't looked at the starting pitchers. I think... Um, I think Garrett Cole's in line to start the Sunday game. I think that's the best chance they have to win. Other than that, I'm not expecting them to win. That's it. Understood. All I want, all I want is, is to be in last place. What's the word on Everson Pereira and Oswald Peraza? Pereira and Peraza sounds like a law firm in New York. They are the young outfielders. They're both from AAA Scranton, Scranton Wilkes-Barre. Uh, and they are both allegedly going to get called up here, and maybe one or both of them are, are going to be in the game tonight against the Washington Nationals. Do we know anything about these young prospects? Is there a future with either one of them? Um, so Pereira is going to be in the starting lineup. I heard that before. Praza, I think. I haven't seen it with my own eyes. But um, Praza is a shortstop uh, prospect. He actually got the start in uh, got the start for, at shortstop for the Yankees last postseason because Isaiah okay. Connor couldn't cut it defensively. So he's been up. Um, he's 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 very good defensively. He's a very good defensive shortstop infielder. I don't think they'll put him in the outfield, but offensively, yeah, I'd like to see much more from him. Herrera strikes out 18% of the times. Ooh. It's not good. It's I would love to see him, maybe to shop him in the wintertime, but I don't think there's a future for him unless he, he cuts down on the strikeouts. Again, the Yankees will play the Nationals tonight. Uh, Rodon is the pitcher tonight, so that would imply he's the pitcher on Sunday. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So that one coming up tonight. And the Tampa Bay Rays still trying to chase down the Baltimore Orioles after having the huge lead on the Orioles. The Orioles now lead by three in the East. Orioles play the Blue Jays tonight. The Rays playing the god-awful Colorado Rockies. Powers, if the Rays are going to make a move, Right now in the division hunt, you got to take advantage, sorry, Danielle, of yep. the awful Rockies and the awful Yankees this week. you got to win four or five of those games coming up. I, the team I agree with that. With Obviously, the, the Rays are fighting their own issues with the injuries to McClanahan and the Franco situation. Oh they lost Lord. the starting pitching. My question for Danielle is, is Cashman and Boone a package deal, or do you see a scenario where Cashman stays and Boone gets fired? I, mean, I know that's all the speculation you're probably hearing on the air. Do they both go? Does one of them go? Do neither of them go? What is Hal Steinbrenner, who you're going to see right down the street from where I live, where the minor league complex is? All the big cars are going to be there, I'm sure, a week after the season's over <laughs> with their annual meetings. What's going to happen with the GM and the manager? If you had to ask me right now, the 22nd of August, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say they're going to scapegoat Aaron Boone. Uh, I think Brian Cashman's got a lifetime contract with them. I mean, I, I basically I could do a whole four-hour show on this, and we almost did this past weekend. Uh, his name is Brian Cashman Steinbrenner. It's hyphenated. <laughs> they're, not, they're, they're never getting rid of him, okay? So okay. they're going to scapegoat Boone, and they're going to say, hey, we're going to go in a different direction, fans. We heard you. We know what you want. Here, we're going to – but the fact of the matter is when Brian Cashman was up for a brand-new contract in – like this past offseason, it, should, it shouldn't have been renewed then, okay? But he kind of put himself in a position to get it renewed because he was already on the phone with Aaron Judge with working without his own contract, 
working right. on Judge. So and I, correct me if I'm wrong, Judge could have taken a walk and Brian Cashman did get him signed while you're besmirching him on the T.C. Martin Show, Danielle McCartan. Aaron Judge signed a 10-year deal or 12-year deal or 27-year deal, whatever it was, to come back from the Yankees. But we give him no credit for that, for bringing Judge back, none whatsoever. No, because you know who actually got the deal done? It was Hal Steinbrenner thro- going through the tunnels in the hills of Tuscany on his cell phone, losing service every once in a while. He got the deal done. Cashman did not. So you are saying to Jason Powers, they are not a package deal. They both stay or they're both fired. You believe they can fire Boone and they'll keep Cashman. That's what I think ultimately will happen. Yep. This is why we love her. Uh, Danielle McCartan, I look forward to seeing you again. We're making this a regular thing later this week when you come down to Florida where they play winning baseball at Tropicana Field. I'm giving you as much grief as I possibly can. For the Rays and the Rockies, the Rays and the Yankees that are going on uh, for this weekend. Uh, Brother Powers, I know we have much love for Danielle whenever she's on, whenever she's around all of our stuff and and what we do. We bow to you. What breakfast place are you going to take her to this weekend? I don't know. I don't know, but who's going to show up? But now there's an expectation. It can't just be donuts at this point. we got to see what we're going to end up doing. Uh, here for this weekend. Danielle McCartan, thank you on the T.C. Martin Show. All right. Bye, guys. TJ, I'll see you on Sunday. Very good. Uh, JPO, hang in there. JPO Sports is where you find Jason Powers. We got one more segment to go. Much more on the way on the NFL. The baseball coming up tonight. Again, the doctor and the pregame show for the Aces and the Atlanta Dream underway now. They play in Atlanta at the top of the hour. He's on the call. Find him on the Las Vegas Aces app on the local radio coming up at the top of the hour. TJ and Jason in for him. We'll be back in a moment. Football season is here. Bye, guys. Thank you. It's time for the Super Contest at the Westgate Las Vegas. It's the ultimate and most prestigious football handicapping contest in Las Vegas. Pick five NFL games against the spread each week. You can play up to seven entries per person and have until Saturday, September 9th to register. Not only can you be the grand prize winner, but there are 11 in-season contests as well. It's the world-famous Super Contest at the Westgate Las Vegas. You like that? You like that? And if you want to play with the big boys, enter the Super Contest Gold. $5,000 entry fee in a winner-take-all format. Sign up now until September 9th in the Super Bowl at the Westgate Las Vegas for either the Super Contest or the Super Contest Gold. And take home the big cash. Touchdown! Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. There is no better place for great food and fun than Slice of Vegas. Slice serves hand-tossed New York-style pizza, Italian pasta, and savory sandwiches. Slice is an official partner of the Las Vegas Aces and home of game day watch parties. Come to Slice and enjoy our big screen TVs, full bar, and laid-back atmosphere. Slice of Vegas, located in the shops at Mandalay Bay Place, inside the mall between the Luxor and Mandalay Bay. Come in and enjoy a slice of Vegas. Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers now has a new location on Rainbow near Russell Road. All the great Freddy's favorites are back, including the delicious steak burgers, patty melts, Chicago dogs, and the best frozen custard and sundaes. Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers, now with four locations in the Valley. Two in Henderson on Warm Springs and Julia Road and Eastern near Silverado Ranch and two in Las Vegas at Charleston and Decatur and its newest location on Rainbow and Russell. Freddy's, the taste that brings you back. One of the greatest songwriters of our time returns to Las Vegas. Van Morrison, live in concert. 
September 6th, 8th, and 9th, Zappos Theater at Planet Hollywood. On sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Van Morrison, live in Las Vegas. Come and experience the high-action entertainment at the best race and sports book. It's the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. The largest in the world with 30,000 square feet of heart-racing action with 350 seats and a massive 220-foot by 18-foot 4K video wall. Experience live sporting events like nowhere else and see the T.C. Martin Show live every Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. where T.C. and his famous guests preview and handicap the weekend's action. There is no better place for all your football action than the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. Relax and enjoy the games and the fully stocked bar, free Wi-Fi plus cocktail service and convenient food options at the court. Experience it all at the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. David Spade and Nikki Glaser, together exclusively in Las Vegas. You have a guy like this, whenever I take any pill, he goes, dude, give me one. I go, you don't even know what it is. He goes, dude, I got kids. Shows select weekends, April 28th through November 18th. The Venetian Theater at the Venetian Resort, Las Vegas. I say it when COVID first came out. I like, knew I wasn't going to die from it. But I feel the same way about like texting and driving. Like, I'm good. Get tickets now at Ticket. Master.com. Don't miss David Spade and Nikki Glazer together in Vegas. Michael Jackson won by Cirque du Soleil is hailed by Rolling Stone as a virtual parade of wow moments that immerse the audience into the world of Michael Jackson's music. Performing weekly at Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino, Michael Jackson won celebrates the musical legacy of the King of Pop. Looking to elevate your night? The new Michael Jackson One VIP experience is now on sale. Get your tickets today at MJ1.com. Who's bad? Get wrecked with the Dr. T.C. Martin. Back in one more time, T.J. Reeves, Jason Powers, filling in for the Dr. T.C. Martin, the doctor in the midst of pregame coverage of the Las Vegas Aces. They are playing at 4 Pacific time, top of the hour, 7 Eastern time, in Atlanta against the Atlanta Dream, trying to bounce back. We've been talking about this after an embarrassing home loss. It's been rare that you could even say loss, much less embarrassing loss, but they were beaten by a 17 or 18-point underdog, the loss uh, the Los Angeles Sparks came in and beat them on their home floor. So now they're on the road, and we'll see how they respond coming up here in about 20 minutes with all that firepower, all those top players uh, with the stretch run of the regular season. The Aces have already clinched a playoff spot. What did he say with us? They can clinch the second seed tonight, correct? No that worse the yep. second. No yep. worse the second seed, Jason Powers, is what TC told us if they win tonight against the Atlanta Dream. All right. Uh, thanks again to Danielle McCartan. Great insight from her. I kid you not. None of that's exaggerated or met, made up. The dude the dude seats us at the table. Nice enough guy and says, you guys know who Daniel Jones is? And I thought Danielle, Danielle looked at him like, are you just insulting me because you recognized me or what? Because she does WFAN stuff or heard her heard her voice or whatever. He's like, no, Daniel Jones was just here in the place and he had his picture with him. He had the selfie, had the picture with him on the phone. 
Uh, good enough stuff on that. All right, so we talked a lot on New York there in the last segment. We do have some different information on Major League Baseball games that are getting underway. We've got some college football that we want to talk about uh, before it is over with. Bre- breaking news fronts a couple different ways. Like breaking news earlier in the day that Wander Franco, the ultra-talented shortstop on the field of the Tampa Bay Rays, an all-star as the Rays rolled through the American League in the first half of the season. This guy was helping lead the charge. Uh, Franco is in the midst of a real controversy in the Dominican Republic, uh, where it is alleged that he has been involved with an underage female they or, two. Have a spe- or two. They have a special <laughs> investigative unit that has four different uh, investigators in the special minors and crimes against minors investigative division that's investigating right now. And so what happened earlier today and this had to happen from my understanding, Jason. He was moved off of a restricted list that you're only allowed to be on for a week. Right. He's now been moved because otherwise they had to either activate him or cut him or do something. Right. So uh, they have now moved him onto a Major League Baseball administrative leave list. And my understanding, the reason for that is he's being paid on that list and he doesn't count against the roster spot for right. the Rays. The Rays playing the Colorado Rockies in game one of a series as we speak. And the Rays right now battling the Baltimore Orioles for the American League East. And they went out west, Jason, for six games and beat the San Francisco Giants and the L.A. Angels of Anaheim in four out of six games. There's there's an argument. They are playing loose and better baseball without having him around. And we'll see if that continues against Colorado. But what are your thoughts on what is a big story in the Tampa Bay area? It's a big story. If this guy has done anything close to what's being alleged, he may never play again. He may be looking at prison time, depending on what the facts are. What do you make of all this, Jason? One is you won't see Wander Franco play another game in the major leagues this year. I don't care what happens. The, the, the MLB will string out the investigation. He will, you will not see him in a playoff game. That wow. would just be a terrible look. He's done playing this year. If you remember, folks, a couple of years back, the Trevor Bauer situation, kind of a similar type of thing. He was accused of a sexual assault. They put him on the restricted list through the regular end of that season, and they didn't suspend him until spring training of the next year. Major we've League not- Baseball suspended him the next year. For two years, and we've not seen Trevor Bauer on a Major League roster. He's eligible to be signed by somebody. He's not been on a Major League roster since. So you make a great point about his future could be in jeopardy. He's young. I know he's only 21, 22 years old. He signed a huge deal with the Rays a year or so back. Does that help his cause moving forward? But he's going if you mentioned it, if this is anywhere close to being true, he's in big trouble. Yeah, he could be uh, facing criminally, serious criminally, jail time criminally, criminally in the Dominican Republic. So they continue to investigate, and we wait to see what that investigation yields. And Major League Baseball has said the same thing. So your belief is he won't be cleared anytime in September, no you don't think. For no him chance. to possibly be reinstated for a stretch run, because again, this is a five-tool type player, switch hitter, infielder that could really help the Rays down the stretch or in the postseason. You believe he's finito. He is done and going to stay on this list for the remainder of the year. You believe that, Jason? No chance he plays another game this year. Maybe what a bad look that would be for MLB if he's in a playoff game and then something else pops up. But what about the premise, and I'm not saying this is the case, but what about the argument that they investigate this and they say this is an extortion scheme because there's a social media post 
from the family demanding $200,000 in a new Mercedes uh, to be bought off, essentially, to not go forward with any charges. So what if the investigation yields there's an extortion scheme and nothing really happened here? You just think that that's total fantasy land, that you're not going to come to that conclusion. No, they might come to that conclusion, but they won't. They will slow play the investigative results until after the World Series is over is what they'll do, I, in right. my opinion. All right. So that's again for the Rays. Uh, interesting that we have more breaking news for the L.A. Dodgers, because, again, you're in the West on the T.C. Martin Show, Western audience. You're interested in these kind of things. Uh, the Dodgers designated hitter JT Mar- uh, J.D. Martinez has an injured groin. He's battled back problems. He's now yeah. got an injured groin. They put him on the injured list. 10-game IL, the injured list this afternoon. The Dodgers have had all the weather problems, by the way, because of Hurricane uh, Hillary that became Tropical Storm Hillary. They left the L.A. area. They are about to take on the Cleveland Guardians, beginning a series with the Guardians, who are under 500. The Dodgers are up, what, 12 games, 53 Uh, games? What are they up in the West? They're up big. But they're without J.D. Martinez right now because of injury. The Dodgers had won, what, 12 or 13 in a row until the Marlins beat them on the weekend right before uh, they had to get out of town because of the uh, tropical storm that was coming through. So the Dodgers about to begin their series, their three-game series with Cleveland. That is beginning here in a little while in Cleveland, uh, Eastern time, just after 7 p.m. By the way, TC loves to talk up his Houston Astros. The Astros at home with the Boston Red Sox. This is national TV on TBS Tuesday Night Baseball. Astros with Justin Verlander. Hello. Going against the Boston Red Sox, who are barely over uh, 500. Astros, what, a game and a half behind the Texas Rangers in the West. Astros still chasing the Rangers, who begin a series with the Arizona Diamondbacks, a game and a half in front. The Diamondbacks just above 500. Rangers um, and Diamondbacks coming up tonight in game one of that series about uh, 645 Pacific time, 945 Eastern time for that game. Ton of ton of wild card matchups this week with teams in the wild card hunt. You got the Cubs, you got the Giants and the Phillies, you got the Rays in Toronto. I mean, the Rays in Bal- Toronto, I believe, are playing. Toronto uh, and no, Baltimore. Sorry, Toronto, are Baltimore. Correct. Correct. Oh, yes. Toronto, in Baltimore. Baltimore, so. Baltimore leads the Rays by three games in the East. The Rays yep. playing Colorado, who's awful. They're 28 games below yep. 500. The Rockies are terrible again. And then the Rays get the Yankees who yep. are like uh, right now an anchor headed to the bottom of, of the ocean floor yep. at the moment. Uh, so that is advantage Rays. You have got, as we said with Danielle in the last segment, if you're the Rays, you've got to take advantage of this and be four and two or five and one, something yes. like that in these six home games that are about to be played with Colorado and mm-hmm. with New York. So a little baseball conversation on the TC Marshall. You know what we have not talked about, and it's near and dear for you and me, and it's about to be here. It is officially week zero of the college football season. And usually zero means nothing, or it means like nunchucks, grade point average. It means the (laughs) chance that T.C. Martin's going to pick up the bill at a restaurant. Can I get an amen on that? That's usually what zero means on the show. However, week zero in college football has begun to produce some good games. There's only, what, about eight or ten games, like eight this Saturday. Then it's a full onslaught Labor Day weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, of, uh, of Labor Day games. Uh, but week zero, interestingly, has a couple of games uh, of note. Yep. And do we have 
Do we have breaking news in the college ranks on something that's been announced by Oregon State? And is Oregon State playing week zero or when are they playing? When are they up? Is they that a week, week one, one game? Week, week one, one game. Yep. All right. So the Beavers, who don't have a conference right now, the Pac 12 without a conference, they got four teams after this year. What is up with Oregon State and their initial matchup in week one? What's going on? What's the breaking news? Sneaky good team. A lot of people think they could be sneaky good in the Pac 12 this year in the last year of that conference. The Clemson transfer, DJ Yugalelele, which I think you've done a game of his before <laughs> yes. during his time, who kind of underachieved big time at Clemson. Uigalele, I think. Uigalele, I think. Yes, DJ. Yep. He has been named the starting quarterback at Oregon State, which you probably thought was probably going to happen with that kind of big name. But he's the quarterback. They are playing in week one. They are playing. San Jose State, right? Yep, on the road. Yep. How is Oregon State playing a road game at San Jose State? You know San Jose State doesn't have budget, doesn't have money. This has got to be part of a home-and-home, home, yes, if that's the case in Northern insane. California. And they may need to get used to playing San Jose State yeah. and Boise State and UNLV in that market, Justin Chuck, because Oregon State and Washington State may, be, may end up being members of the Mountain West before it's over with. And that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. By the way, the Mountain West could up its visibility, its TV dollars by adding those programs. And for Oregon State and, and, and Washington State, regionally, you've got Boise State around you. Yep. You've got the two Northern California teams, Fresno State, San Jose State around you. Nevada, Reno, State, Nevada Reno is around you. Utah State is around you. In your region, you have some teams. San Diego State, farther, farther down California, New Mexico is over uh, a couple of states and to the south. But you still would regionally have some tie-ins and be able to play each other if you're Oregon State and Washington State. What do I know about the Mountain West? And San Jose State this week plays week zero against who? Caleb Williams and the Trojans oh, in the Coliseum. Good luck being lambs they, to the slaughter on that. Is USC already up 21 nothing in the first quarter already of that game that they haven't started yet? Well, uh, if they, they did. Have... You had, if they did, if you had USC minus 30 and a half which is the point spread going into wow. Saturday night, 30 and a half. In the, in the best game of this weekend, week zero, in Ireland, the oh, midshipmen, the midshipmen right. and the fighting Irish are playing in Ireland this weekend, week zero. And Notre Dame, by the way, because it's a Vegas 10 show, is a 20 or 21 point yep. favorite. Yep. Uh, second year for Marcus Freeman, the coach. And remember, they had a good finish. Uh, to last year, including winning their bowl game. So this is a pre-planned. Sam Hartman, the Wake Forest transfer, all-time leading passer at Wake Forest, all-time leading touchdown throw in the ACC, is now the quarterback at Notre Dame. So a lot of expectations. Year two, Marcus Freeman, too. Uh, And again, in Dublin, Ireland, Saturday morning, U.S. time, Saturday afternoon, a five-hour time difference. And Notre Dame played in Ireland a few years ago, I believe, against Navy with Brian Kelly. And they wore the hideous Irish flag shoes with the uh, leprechaun (laughs) on them and had kind of the goofy-looking uniform, too. So I I don't know what uniform exactly they're wearing. But are you down with with Notre Dame laying 20 points in an opening game here on the neutral field in Ireland? Navy's got a new coaching staff, and I don't believe they're running the triple option anymore. I think it's become obsolete to be able to cut block and run the triple option. Are you down with the Irish and that many points? on? It's always tricky because in a place like Ireland, you never know what the weather could be. It could be wet and nasty. 
So that'd be something if you were playing that game, I would make sure I knew what the weather forecast was because if it's wet and nasty, that leads to a slower game, less points. Maybe Navy hangs around and maybe they lose by 17 instead of 21. Tricky game there. But I want to ask your opinion. The best interconference game of week zero. How about the Rainbows of Hawaii <laughs> traveling to Nashville in getting 18 at Vanderbilt. Well, uh, how about that? Uh, Vanderbilt, remember, upset them a year ago in yeah. Hawaii. They went Killed all the them. way out there and beat Watch them that. decisively. So this is the return game all the <laughs> way back. What is Nashville? Numchuck will look it up. What is Nashville from Honolulu? That has got to be like 8,000 miles at least. <laughs> Eight or 9,000 miles as the crow flies. Uh, so they're coming there to play Saturday night in the SEC in Nash, Vegas on yep. week zero. And you said, when was the last time Vanderbilt was favored by 18 points against anybody, including a local high school in the greater Nashville area? They um, actually, they actually, they actually like what Clark Lee's doing at Vanderbilt. He's, he, I mean, obviously competitively in the SEC has not been great, but they were. They like what they're what he's doing. I think they gave him a contract extension, the former Notre Dame defensive coordinator. So things are looking up a little bit in Nashville for those guys. So that's a game they should we win. We have breaking news. Dumbchuck has come up with the distance of Honolulu to Nashville. 4,331 miles. I would have lost money that it was not at least like six or 7,000 miles from Honolulu to Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, but that's pretty amazing. Nash, Vegas, Guitar City is where they are headed. Back to Notre Dame weather forecast in Dublin, Ireland, for what it's worth on Saturday. High of 63 degrees with a 30% chance of rain for whatever it's worth. Mostly cloudy rain in the afternoon. High 63, 64 degrees, something like that for Notre Dame and Navy coming Saturday in that one. And a look ahead to week one schedule, Labor Day weekend, and we may not be on the air with the audience here next week. There's some great matchups. You got Florida and Utah and Salt Lake City. You got LSU, Florida State. You, yes. have, a Ten, you have a Big Ten matchup, Nebraska with Matt Rule going to Minnesota in week one. Ohio State going to Indiana conference game. And Monday night, you got Clemson and Duke, which could be a tricky game. Duke's supposed to be pretty good. That could be a tricky game on Labor Day night. And I will work on national radio on Compass Media Networks, the Penn State-West Virginia game, which is the Saturday night primetime game in Happy Valley. Powers, I have never been there. Uh, That one will be taking place on Saturday night, 7 Eastern time. Uh, West Virginia and Penn State have not played a bunch recently. They were much bigger rivals, 60s, 70s, 80s, Joe Paterno, that kind of thing. Penn State is like set, it's like 49-8-1, something like that. In, in like 57 or 58 meetings, they've won like 49 times against West Virginia. So it'll be an interesting matchup. I'll be on the national radio call with LeVar Arrington. Hello, the nice. former number one pick. Uh, Penn State star linebacker, All-American linebacker. I think half of my battle is going to contain LeVar from trying to jump out of the booth in mm-hmm. fandom with Penn State doing anything in front of 100,000 at Beaver Stadium in Happy Valley uh, for that. So uh, let's see what happens on Saturday night of Labor Day weekend. So it's interesting. They got some games spread out that are pretty good because you mentioned Florida State and Notre Dame is Sunday night. LSU, Labor Day weekend. State, LSU. Uh, my bad. Florida State and LSU. And that was the crazy game in the Superdome a year ago, Labor Day weekend, where Florida State blocked the extra point to preserve the game 
after it looked like Notre Dame had tied things to force overtime, they blocked the extra point on him. So Florida State and um, LSU, LSU, a very tough ticket in Orlando. I have heard the get-in price is up over six hundred dollars yep. for that one for LSU and all of the uh, Cajun bourbon drinking LSU fans that'll be in Orlando all weekend for that game on Sunday night, and the FSU fans will make their way there too to the middle of the state of Florida. Two sneaky good West Coast games uh, for the, our Nevada Wolfpack fans. They go to USC in week one, Labor Day weekend. Nevada does. Huge underdog. And then Boise State. You mentioned state. USC's playing week zero with San Jose State, yeah. right? And, and then they week, play Nevada. Yep. And yep. then Nevada will be the week two game, week one yep. overall. Right. The week, the second game for USC's against Nevada. And then you got a sneaky good game out west. You got Boise State going to Washington. A lot of people think Michael Penix Jr., who's a Tampa kid, quarterback from Tampa, quarterback in that Washington Husky team. A lot of people think Washington's going to be really good this year. So a sneaky good West Coast game out there with Mountain West, Boise State, and Washington, followed by Utah and the Gators out in Salt Lake City. What's the preliminary line on uh, Utah, uh, Florida, and also yep. Washington out of the Pac-12, whatever's left of the Pac-12, playing Boise State? I would be curious on the lines on both of those games looking ahead. Washington That's week is, one. Yes, Labor Day weekend. Washington is 14 over uh, over uh, Boise State, and I think Utah is 6.5 or 7 over Florida, depending on where you're looking. So interesting. I see it. I see uh, Utah only favored four and a half a couple okay. of places. That is interesting. Okay. Uh, you mentioned USC is favored 31 over San Jose State on week one. <clears throat> uh, also, TCU and the debut of Deion Sanders' Colorado Buffaloes. That is yep. a week one game. Also, yep. that's the Fox national game, the big noon kickoff. TCU favored by 21. At yep. home, and I know this is a bit of an unpopular take for all of the the pomp, the circumstance, the hype around Deion Sanders in Colorado. I think they're going to be bad this year. I don't think I, do I, I think he's going to get uh, humbled and in a hurry, and it will begin with TCU favored by three touchdowns. The odds makers seem to think the same thing in that 11 a.m. kickoff in Fort Worth, Texas, on the first weekend, Labor Day Saturday. TCU and Colorado. Coming up um, in, in that matchup, and you can be assured those coaches in the Big Twelve, in the Big Twelve, and the Pac Twelve are going to have no mercy on Dion in year one. <laughs> all the transfer talk and all the that kind of stuff; those guys are going to try to score as much as they can on the Colorado Buffaloes. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's kind of graded on them. By the way, uh, some other games of note: the uh, first weekend of the season, uh, Alabama will play Middle Tennessee State. Yep. at home on week one and I'm looking for the defending national champion, the back-to-back Georgia Bulldogs. Are they not in action yep. right away on uh, on weekend one, on Labor Day weekend? I thought Georgia would be in action uh, weekend number one, but I'm double-checking. Did they take the first two weeks off? They might be playing a they might be playing a team that there's not a line on the game yet. That's why it may not be listed. Um, another sneaky good game potentially Coastal Carolina goes to UCLA. You know the the, the that that's potentially a sneaky good game there. You know you got Coastal Carolina, Georgia, UT Martin. You're correct. There you so go. Georgia's going to pummel them by thirty or forty points easily at yep. home on Labor Day weekend on that Saturday night. What's the uh, Coastal Carolina line with UCLA? And that is a Labor Day weekend game, right? A 14. week one game. 
UCLA 14 and a half. Interesting. All right. We got to get out of here. We've enjoyed it. Jason Powers, great job. Our thanks to Danielle McCartan, also the doctor with us. The doctor's on the call on the Aces in the Atlanta Dream coming up right now at the top of the hour. For now, we're good. Nunchuck, great stuff on the TC Martin Show with TJ and Jason Powers filling in.